<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> Well, man, what do you think of the taco machine? Is it saved? Are we good? Is it going to continue to kick out these weird hot dogs for whatever reason? You should get tacos from now on. No more hot dogs. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad. Now make sure the cheese is good, the queso fresca and everything like that. How much do we owe you, man, for this for this uh, work on the taco machine? Hey, Dal- da- Dallas. Huh? Dallas. Kevin? No. John. Yeah. Hey. Have, have you? Is Kevin not back yet? No, I thought you were him just now. Dude. We got another movie to watch. Oh, gosh. It's time. And and he's not back yet. No, we, we finally got Branson back, but this is a four-man job. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, hey, uh, Jonathan, are you busy for like the next, you know, couple months, month or so? Nah, not really. I'm free for All a right, little good. while. You'll do. D- this way. Go, 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 go. All right. Well, Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Bottom Shelf. I'm your DM this evening. My name is John Haru. DM. Yeah. It's podcast. It's a force of habit. Just go with it. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we may not be playing some tabletop RPGs, but we are discussing video games to a certain degree, uh, which is which is funny because we had Dave on last for the last uh, few episodes what, <laughs> that uh, he's from the casual gamer society, but we didn't talk video games at all. That is kind of funny. But with us this with me, us this week, we do have another guest, uh, Jonathan. Um, you'll forgive me. I don't know your last name, but uh why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, Jonathan. I'm Jonathan Gilbert. I'm from Kentucky, from Kentucky now. Been all over the world, and I've been a geek since I was a little kid. Geeking out with the geeks. All Let's right. Go. Uh, and also with us this go round, we have uh, my hetero husband number three, Branson Boykin. How you doing? Wait, am I number three? I, I lost count of which one I was. Uh, uh, no, wait, you're number two. That's right. Oh, uh, okay. Dave is number three. Dallas is number one. Oh, okay. Can I point the fact, Brenton, you're saluting for an audio podcast? Well, y'all can see me. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that other voice you heard was Hedro husband number one. Hedro house husband number one. I forgot the, the third age. Uh, that is my boss, Dallas Mora. What's going on, guys? Glad to be here with you guys today talking about uh, an interesting film. Uh, Well, out of the dumpster, I have pulled Super Mario Brothers from 1993. I like that game. That was a good game. No, 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 no. no. Games. The the movie. Oh, the movie. Yeah, the movie. And not the the new movie coming up. We didn't get a pre-release. Oh. Yo, if we get a pre-release, that'd be nice. (laughs) <laughs> if they want to give us a pre-release, I'm fine. That would mean they would expect their movie to be bad. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a copy of Batgirl. Uh, this movie was. This movie is from 1993, and it is rated PG for sci-fi action, mild language, and sensuality. Hmm. Interesting. 
Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, we got some taglines on it. Um, you guys want to do a round of, of reading taglines? Let's do so, it. I'll, I'll start us off. The first tagline is, Thank you for watching this, but the movie you are looking for isn't in another castle. I that thought that was clever. With me on so many levels because I know that frustration. <laughs> <laughs> right, so why don't you read uh, the next one? All right. Prepare to have your childhood hopes stomped on like a Goomba. Gosh. I don't think people like this movie. <laughs> uh, next tagline. We need two Italians, so uh, we hired a Brit and a Hispanic guy. <laughs> Jonathan, you're, you're up, buddy. Princess Peach, not here. Check out the crazy trip for Daisy. Power-ups not included. <laughs> when the role needed heroes, they got a couple of plumbers and some fun guys. <laughs> Hold on to your hat. You've entered the wrong warp pipe. Uh, where the smart Indian guy from short circuit is now Iggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. This is your father's Mario movie. That unfortunately isn't wrong for some people. <laughs> That's something I that your that. children can say, Branson. I, I, I hate that so much. I do too. I do. So... <laughs> No, so much. No, 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 no. We're, we're Actually, not. whoever sent that, uh, you can stop listening to the show. You're no longer, <laughs> you're no longer a friend. Oh wow, we, 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 we struck a nerve, right? Plumbers, more like bummers. Oh gosh, wow, these are vicious. These are harsh. Uh, the two plumbers you don't want to call an emergency. <laughs> You love the game. You'll tolerate the movie. <laughs> That's probably accurate. Pretty well sums yeah. it up. The headliner actor called it his uh, his worst movie and a nightmare. Wow. Ooh. Super Mario Brothers control padded right so the Super Mario Brothers movie could control pad right B. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's a me in the dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Hey, call Chris Pratt. Maybe uh, he can take over his job. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite. Jonathan, your turn, buddy. For a real action thrill ride, just play the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, this one, all right, this one says you have to read it in the, the movie guy voice. Do you want me to do it? I got a, I got a great movie. Do it, movie do, it do it, do it, do it. Right. Mario, Mario and Luigi Mario in a Super Mario Brothers and the mystery of why are the Goombas so tall all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, we want right. to th thank you to everybody who, uh, who sent in these taglines. If you guys, uh, we post these up for every movie. So follow our Facebook page or Instagram if you want to submit your own taglines for movies that we do down the road. Uh, Branson, can you read the back of this box that we're reading? We're watching. I will do my best. I'm not nearly as good as Kevin is, but let's see. <clears throat> Buckle up and hang on tight. The discovery of a parallel universe launches you into the adventure of a lifetime. Mario and Luigi, two wacky plumbers, undertake a daring quest to save a princess in Dino-Hatton, a hidden world where the inhabitants evolve from dinosaurs. Mario, Bob Hoskins from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Luigi, John Luguizamo from Regarding Henry, face deadly challenges from a diabolical lizard king, Dennis Hopper from Hoosiers, and must battle giant reptilian Goombas, outwit misfit thugs, and undermine a sinister scheme to take over the world. Blast off for nonstop excitement with Super Mario Brothers, the live-action thrill ride that dazzled moviegoers everywhere. Based on these taglines, I feel like that was an oversell. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So this is going to be a, a fun ride. Um, John, you any trivia for us? Um, okay. Uh, a lot of the trivia I have are actually comments. Uh, basically, the reason why a lot of people perceived this movie as being so bad is apparently what we got was not the original pitch for this movie. Mm. Um, there was kind of a more fantasy-based script originally when the the cast had signed on for this movie, uh, but the production company um, hired on a, uh, a woman and man couple 
to direct this movie and they demanded so many rewrites. They basically came, they basically came in with a story they wanted to tell and they forced the writers to rewrite the script to their vision, uh, which ended up being nothing like the original script. So Hmm. if, if at, at any point the actors uh, seem like they don't want to be there, it's because uh, they don't Um, that it, uh, I believe there was uh there was a there came a point where uh actually uh Dennis Hopper stopped learning his lines for the scripts because from the script because uh he knew that they weren't going to be the same the next day when he showed up anyway. Holy crap, are you for real? Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Um Dennis Dennis Hopper actually described the film's production as uh it was a night quoting now it was a nightmare, very honestly, that movie. Uh, it was a husband and wife directing a team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks, and I was down there for 17. It was so over budget. Wow. Um, and in a 2011 interview with The Guardian, Bob Hoskins, uh, who plays Mario, described the film's production as it was a bleeping nightmare the whole experience was a nightmare it had a husband and wife team directing whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent after so many weeks their own agent told them to get off their old own agent told them to get off the set wow (laughs) and although bob hoskins said that this is the worst film he ever made his son jack hoskins is a fan of the film praising his dad's performance he said he was too young at, to understand the poor reviews at the time, and now that he's old enough, he doesn't care. Uh, he quoted on the film's fan website, SMB, smbarchive.com, if there's, anyone re- if there's anyone reading this, please understand that it's no one's intention to ruin the classic, the classics. Uh, one last thing, if you remember your past enjoyments then it would definitely keep your childhood memories alive and safely locked in your head forever. Wow. Yeah. So really a lot of what I've read on this is it's the directors, the director couple of this, that, uh, that, uh, basically made this movie the victory that he is. So now I'm really curious as to what it would have looked like before they got involved. Right. Hmm. And, uh, Oh, this, this looks like it'll be fun. I'll read this and then we'll move on to the next segment. Uh, nearly a half hour of footage was cut from this movie to give it a proper running time. Uh, deleted scenes include an extended sequence of Koopa chasing Daisy's mother in New York, which featured him gazing admiringly at each of the buildings that would later inspire his warped construction projects in Dino Hatton. Uh, Mario and Luigi actually confronting the Scapelli brothers, Mike and Doug, in the Riverfront Cafe. They threaten the cafe's owner, Pascal, by invoking their boss's name. Pascal takes Mario's takes Mario's side and offers him and Luigi a free lunch to make it up to them, which leads to an alternate scene of Mario and Luigi eating. Daisy enters the cafe, uses the payphone inside, slips on the wet floor as she leaves, and Luigi catches her, and the movie continues that way instead of what ends up happening in this movie. Hmm. Uh, Mario and Luigi getting ready for their dinner date, during which Luigi expresses embarrassment at being a plumber. Mario chastises him and tells him that he has no family pride. <laughs> An extended sequence in the de-evolution chamber during which one of the Devo technicians is devolved into slime. A puddle can be seen on the floor in the final in the final cut of the film. And Iggy and Spike get drunk at the Boom Boom Bar and rap, which late which Lena cites later as cites later to Koopa as them preaching your overthrow. Wow! Wow! All right. Well, boys, what are our expectations for today's uh, film? Jonathan, you go first. You're the the guest of honor. It's been over 30 years since I last saw this movie. And I remember being sorely disappointed in it because I expected Mario to be like my game, Mario. So I'm not expecting much to change (laughs) now that I'm older. I respect that. (laughs) I'm kind of in the same boat. Did real quick? Did anybody else see this in theaters when they were younger? Not in anybody? theaters. I rented it from Blockbuster. 
Okay. I saw it in theaters on the big screen as you were meant to see it. And uh, I remember walking out going, what did we just watch? Uh, <laughs> at the same time, I recall as a kid renting it a couple of times. A so, couple of times, he says. Yeah, so I'm I'm going in this with a uh, expectation of going, this is not going to be good, but I'm going to enjoy it for some reason. So, John, how about you? Um, last time I saw this video, or last time I saw this movie, I had uh, checked it out on VHS. Mm -hmm. So that should tell you how much I'm going to remember going into this. <laughs> uh, so expectations are... Based off of my memories, I'm going in to watch a uh, a uh, bloated Blade Runner clone. That, that is an accurate description, in my yeah, opinion. That might be an accurate description. <laughs> All right. Branson. Uh, well, like I said, I first saw this. We checked it out of Blockbuster, which, like John said, probably dates how, what was the last time I saw this because Blockbuster was still a thing. Um like Jonathan said, I was expecting video game Mario and did not get it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of already used to movies not being exactly like source material because, you know, the first Batman I ever knew was Adam West. And when I saw Michael Keaton's Batman, I was blown away. So it didn't bother me that it wasn't exactly like Mario, the video game. But when I was a kid, I thought it was rude to think a movie was bad. Okay, oh. so, so I found something to like about every movie I watched. Like, hmm. I found something positive about all of it. What an interesting outlook on life. I did not like this movie. Wow. So as, a child, <laughs> as a child, I was watching this thinking, this is terrible. I don't, I don't, th this is bad. Like we did not rent it a second time. <laughs> we saw it once and then we moved on with life. Right. Uh, you know, um, uh, I have this one memory of this lady with rocket boots. Yeah. And I remember being disappointed that that's how they represent Mario's ability to jump, you know, like, cause Mario jumps a lot in the game. Yeah. And I remember this lady with rocket boots. I'm like, that's how they make. Uh. So as a kid, I didn't like this. So that, so going into it, I do not have high hopes at all. <laughs> okay. This is going to be an experience for all of us. Thankfully, uh, Jonathan has fixed our taco machine, so at least we can uh, have decent food for the film. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. So are we ready to make this happen, Captain? Um, everyone ready to be disappointed? Well, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, wait, before we get started, I just want to take a moment, as, as, as Kevin has preached and as John has said multiple times, maybe what we should do is flush our mind of what we think we're expecting and go in with a fresh experience. Yes. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it worked for battlefield earth for me anyway. <laughs> wow. That did say that, didn't it? <laughs> All right. Let's See rock it out. All right. All right. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Uh, so yeah, Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I'm not the only one who thought that was a cyberpunk version of right? Mario. Okay. For those of you who are new to the show, this is a segment where we give spoiler-free thoughts on the film. I think our first spoiler-free thought is this is a cyberpunk film. Yes. And I was kind of surprised that I maybe because when I, last time I was young, I didn't know what cyberpunk was, but this is clearly a cyberpunk film. Yeah. Yeah, this this was this had nothing to do with anything in the Mario video game. There wasn't <coughs> It was like they took elements from the game and completely reworked it in a cyberpunk skin. Mhm. Mm uh but in so doing, actually, John, now that you mentioned what you said about the director is just constantly rewriting it, I am seriously curious as to what the original script looked like and how much closer to the video game the original script would have been. Mm -hmm. I wonder so, if the original script exists anywhere. To uh, to peel away the to peel away the narrative of our own show here for a quick second, 
uh, to let our listeners know, uh, prior to uh, watching this movie this week, I had sent a video link online to uh, Dallas and Branson uh, for a <clears throat> a web docu-series that I watch quite often called What Happened. It's by a guy named Matt McMuscles, and he did an episode on the Super Mario Brothers movie. And uh, yeah, they cover it in great detail what this movie was supposed to be and why it ended up the way it did. So I would recommend anybody out there. It's a little bit NSFW, not for like content, but he does use some uh, some blue language here and there through the video. So I want to give you guys that preparation. But if you guys get a chance, go to YouTube and check out Matt McMuscles uh, episode of what happened for this. You'll get a little bit more behind the scenes detail as far as what Branson's talking about with the script revisions. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't feel like Mario at all. Like it had, well, had the names there, and that was it. There was one thing. There was one thing they did one-to-one that I, I felt they did very well. Um, and although I'm going to talk about something specific, it's not a spoiler. Um, they had a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of all the things for them to get, 100% correct. They got the bomb correct. <laughs> <laughs> Through that. Through that. Yeah. That was that was an interesting aspect of the whole thing was that there were small things in there like how to put this appropriately. No, it was not accurate, but they had elements that were there. And I think that's the frustrating part for like we all went in there looking for a Mario movie and but there were and we saw elements that were there but they were just kind of like they were how do i put this it's like that we're we're saying the same words but we're meaning different things and that's what's happening here they're saying the same thing that we would say but it's they're doing it entirely it's not it's not the, they're not pointing to the same stuff it's and almost so like, it's almost like you know in uh oh god which one is it one of the star wars prequel movies where if you look in the background you see steven spielberg's et extraterrestrials mm-hmm. that that little nod to another movie yeah, yeah. It's like the entire movie was little nods to the Mario game. It wasn't yeah. a direct Mario movie. It was this. This is not a Mario movie. It's a trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all the way through. Now, I will say this: um, if I can, if you can pan back the fact that this is not the Mario we were looking for, I thought that the set designs, if you're going for a cyberpunk film, were actually pretty solid for a '90s, an early '90s film. Yeah, I liked the concept of a. I don't know, this might be too spoilerish, but I like the concept of a city underground. Like when you mm-hmm. look up, you don't see a night sky, you look up and see a cave ceiling. It 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 gave me like if you took the the Dritz Dorden series and gave it a modern flair. You just warmed my heart so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh John John's the one that opened me up to the Dritz Dorden stories. So but yeah, that, that whole concept of an entire civilization underground. I like right. that. Um, I, I, so I was thinking about how you guys were talking, trying to describe how this is Mario adjacent and not so much Mario itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I have the perfect description for this. We were so this was sold to us as being the Super Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. when in fact this was the what if super mario brothers movie oh i respect to, to, that. to use to use a to use a marvel reference i get mm-hmm. yeah because that's what this feels like this feels like what if super mario brothers was played in a cyberpunk setting yeah i think that's the only way that you could take this as a serious film in my opinion yeah or as as a, as a mario movie. film if, if you if you disconnect it from the mario franchise completely I think it, like you said, it stands alone as a, just a cyberpunk film, but if you have to incorporate Mario, a what if a Mario, what if, you know, mm-hmm. Mario with a, a, a new skin on it, uh, that, that actually works. Yeah. Jonathan, what do you think, man? What, what are your spoiler free thoughts? As a cyberpunk film, it was all right. They could have made a passable film taking away the Mario moniker, mm-hmm. but as a Mario it just didn't give me that feel. Yeah. It had nothing. You look at the games, you had the big mushrooms, the crushing blocks, 
and you didn't see any of that. You saw a cyberpunk city underground that was supposed to be in an alternate dimension, but it felt more like it was a hollow earth idea. Mm. Yeah, definitely. What's that? Uh, what's that movie where the Nazis have a base on the moon where they grow dinosaurs? <laughs> what iron Iron sky Sky. baby iron sky what kind of of drugs are you smoking branson (laughs) oh john i have to introduce you to iron sky later (laughs) yes part one and two hilarious (laughs) did you just say parts one and two oh yes there there are multiple (laughs) yes who pays for these funnier and dumber This that that's that's like that they sounds may, like they may that sounds like Velocipaster level schlock. Yeah, better production. Yeah, yeah, it had a higher budget, uh, and the I dinosaurs look like out. dinosaurs in it. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled out that reference. It's the first thing that I thought of. Full disclosure: I haven't actually seen those movies, but I've seen them advertised a lot, so I, I know the premise behind them. Um, I will say that they're worth the time. Okay. I, I, that might end up being a season two thing that we end up doing. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say that even, even stripping the Mario property away from this title, it just reminded me of things I've seen that have done this better. Hmm. Um, first of all, this movie was for the movie that they wanted to make this movie to be, it was made in the wrong decade. Mm-hmm. Um, this should have made probably been made about seven years earlier in about 1985, 1986. Right. I think it would have fared a lot better. Yeah. And they wouldn't have had the terrible CGI they tried to use that did not age well. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at their stuff real quick. The director's. They're the ones that did the Max Headroom show mm-hmm. and the movie. Mm-hmm. It looks like they were just stuck in the early 80s. And that's the reason why their vision was like they want. They probably wanted to make this film seven years beforehand. Whatever this like, whatever the original version of this film was supposed to be for them. Mm-hmm. They were just stuck in that mindset. It, it doesn't. And it doesn't shock me because when I was when I was watching this movie, the thing things that kept going, the movies that kept going through my head that did this whole scene better. Robocop. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, I had another one in, in my head and then it, it just, it's gone. Um, that, that makes sense because I saw things that made me think of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the 89 Batman. Like I felt like they grabbed elements of a bunch of 80s it's, it's movies yeah, and it, stitched them all together. It's 1980s retro futurism. That, that yeah. is what it's, what's on display here. Yeah. Um, just the whole ultra neon uh, technology in every aspect sort of thing. Um, uh-huh. Which is weird because that's not Mario at all. Like Mario is all about castles and plants and magic. And I think the most technological they get is a flying ship with cannons. Uh, tell you what, it sounds like we're about to start dipping into spoilers. So let's go, <laughs> let's head over to that section because we're... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's hard to talk about some of these concepts without talking about specifics to back it up. So does anybody have any uh any uh, I want to say this. spoiler free? This is the same year that we got movies like Demolition Man. Um we got Robot Wars. Uh we got what else is here? Uh Time Runner, Cyborg. Like this weird like they're not too far removed from the concepts you're talking about. RoboCop 3 came out this year which is the definitive terrible film of the series. Uh, also, Ninja Turtles 3 came out that year. Wait for season okay. two of The Bottom Shelf, everybody. RoboCop 3 is <laughs> going to be there. <laughs> so, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into the spoiler section, John. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. All right. Time to spoil this movie. So let's talk about how cuts didn't work. Like they were like there were so many cuts that were made that like left continuity out and things just weren't working. Like just real simple. One one small thing I saw. When Mario and Luigi are walking along that ledge, 
Mario is clearly on the right of Luigi. And it's a tight ledge. Suddenly, that tight ledge, Mario is on the left of Luigi. <laughs> and then suddenly, there's running room for them. Like, just didn't work for me. <laughs> it was, like, there were several times in the series, on the show, where there were just these weird cuts of inconsistency. That's a thing. Um, now, if you remember in my uh what in my fact or trivia about the movie earlier and i was mm-hmm. talking about how there was an extended scene where somebody got de-evolved into just a bunch of slime yeah. yeah and and they they mentioned that they uh you can see the puddle on the floor in the movie in the de-evolved chamber i noticed that when we were wa- when i was watching this movie i'm like why is there a big puddle of blech <laughs> in the middle of this room i thought it was just part of the aesthetic of everything just being gross right yeah, yeah. um i will say there was there was one point in this movie that got me super excited and it was only for about three seconds there i mean like literally by the time i got done with this movie i had already forgotten everything like i i I tried to take notes this movie is so forgettable that i usually i take about two to three pages of notes in my legal pad uh for doing episodes this is all i could get out of this movie because (laughs) i i would see something and then it just it, it was it was it's like it's like eating cotton candy there's there's no substance to anything in this movie no, I, I mean, I, def- I definitely get that because like I said before, I saw elements of other movies and it was like, they just grabbed whatever they could. Like the, the bad guy is this big corporate Mongol. That's like every eighties movie ever. Uh, the henchmen are complete idiots. I kept getting, have y'all seen Guyver? Like the first yes. movie. I've remember, seen it once. You remember the Zoonoid henchmen that were like mm-hmm. trying to chase down how they were like absolute idiots. Yes. I kept thinking that with the two uh, Iggy and, I and Spike. Spike. Yeah. With Iggy and Spike, I kept thinking of that movie that th- th- this was the equivalent of the idiot Zoonoids. I'll give you that. Uh, there was a scene where Mario and Luigi were driving a cop car and they bust through a wall of fire. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. That's from 89 Batman uh, <laughs> running around in a sewer. Like I was getting strong Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibes. It's like nothing about this movie was specific to this movie. It was all, it was like someone sat down and watched a bunch of 80s action and sci-fi movies and said, ooh, I like that. Let's put that in there. Ooh, I like yeah. that. Let's put that in there. Well, I mean, plot-wise in this movie, it, it felt like, and, and I know this, this is me kind of leaning back on stuff that i'm into to make an analogy and i apologize if people out there aren't into the aren't into D, but there were plot wise in this movie it was a lot like playing D with an indecisive 12 year old mm. <laughs> um because the characters in this movie had no direction it was basically them wandering around aimless because they weren't trying to do anything in this movie they were they were trying to rescue Daisy at some point, but then after a while, they're like, "Meh, let's just get away." Yeah, like the only person who had a point in this movie was Dennis Hopper. Yeah, at in in his portrayal of Koopa, and yeah, but I mean, for the rest of them, it's just it's just the Mario Brothers just kind of tooling around, going, um, "We're here because we're here because we're here <laughs> because we're here." Yeah, I mean. Th- like, cause, and I, this was the thought I was having when I was watching this movie. I'm like, they have this, the characters in this movie have no purpose other than to just be there. Mm. Right. Yeah. Pretty much all the way through. Jonathan, what about your thoughts, man? What were some spoiler filled thoughts you got? <laughs> well, first thing I noticed, and this probably comes from where I work on electric motors all the time. Those cars, if they were sparking like that, something was wrong and somebody was going to get a fireball to the face. (laughs) So we would have at least had the fireballs from Mario if they would have done it. (laughs) Then the the fire, we had fireballs. They were coming out of the, uh, the super, the, the uh, Nintendo super scope, uh, guns that were painted gray. Product. I was about to point that out. That movie, when she got to the last quarter. There was so much product placement and it was like, we're running out of money. Quick, <laughs> let's Reebok convince Reebok to let us 
Let us put Reebok on Babam. Let's see, Nintendo, come on. Let us use the Super Scope. And let's see who else we can get to throw us some money to put their stuff in. Well, they needed to with how bad this movie took a bath. I don't think I said it at the beginning, but uh, this movie was... Uh, this movie cost $40 million to make, and they'll in box office worldwide, they only made back $24 million. So... They oh literally ate $16 million on this movie. So I don't blame them for putting product placement in there. There's a reason you can't find this movie anywhere. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah. Bob Hoskins, in, of- in his quote, he literally said, they kept going so far over budget with this movie because the directors were just out of control. Mm. Out of character for just a minute. I went looking for this movie for almost two weeks. I finally found it at Walmart. $3.75 for it. That shows you how high quality it is. Then I go up to the cash register, check out, and the cashier actually asked me, why am I doing this to myself? There's better <laughs> things you can spend your money on. You know you're in store for a great movie when the cashier at Walmart is saying, I really don't want you to pay money for this. Go when, buy something when else. When you're being judged by a Walmart employee. Oh, wait, Kevin does that to us all the time. <laughs> When the Walmart employee has sympathy for you and is trying to stop you, that's when you know you're in trouble. When, when you're in a Walmart and somebody is judging your life decisions. <laughs> Jonathan, you ended up on the People of Walmart website just now. Find <laughs> that movie. <laughs> that, poor guy went, that poor guy went to his church and said, I need to put someone on the prayer list. This poor soul. This poor soul I'm concerned about this man. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 meth head outside the Walmart was like, "Sir, I think your life is headed in the wrong direction." <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. oh, good lord! Um, but uh, something I was saying at the beginning, and I never finished the statement though, was there was one moment where I had three seconds of joy in this movie. Yes, that I, that I can claim. Was it the elevator Um, scene? No, it was the cameo appearance of Lance Henriksen. Where? He was the king that was turned into a fungus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the movie for all of three seconds just to say, I love those guys. And that was it. But hey, for the the guy from. For the uninformed masses, Lance Herring. Herring. Henriksen. Henriksen is who now? He's an actor. Uh, For the geeks that are listening, They'll probably know him best from being in Stargate. Oh, okay. The TV gotcha. show. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but uh, for me, Lance Henriksen was the main character in Pumpkinhead, being as I'm the horror film guy. Okay. He's done a lot of horror films. He's Lance Henriksen has done a lot of everything. Um, he was he was doing the uh, he was doing the uh, Nicolas Cage thing of accepting a role in any movie handed to him before Nicolas Cage made it cool. Which is probably how he ended up in this movie. No, because I don't think, you know, a three second cameo is really going to pay a whole lot. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So, oh, and by the way, does it, does anybody as a little piece of trivia, does anybody know what they actually named the king in this movie? No. What did no. they do that? I missed it. This is going to make you guys so mad for, for, con- for video game continuity. What was his name? Bowser. No. no, 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 I'm no. telling you, look it up on the, look it up on IMDB in the credits. He is labeled as King Bowser. So we don't even have a princess peach. It's princess Daisy and mm-hmm. good King is Bowser. And the bad King is Koopa. And the bad King is Koopa. And never forget Daisy was with Luigi where Peach was with Mario in the show, so they just, or in the game, they threw all that out the window and just redid it all. Yeah. It, it seriously, it's the, the less, you have to kind of suspend the connection with the game for this True movie. True story. You, holy crap. I, yeah. Well, I want to share a scene that I thought was just, was funny. I, I laughed entirely too hard at the elevator scene where they get <laughs> all the Goombas dancing back and forth. <laughs> and then, like they're all like they turn around, they're like dancing with each other, and then the, there's the one general Goomba is like, "Hot, hot, hot!" 
<laughs> and then they make reference to it later. Like someone calls in and said, sir, the Goombas are dancing again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as, as a storyteller myself, I will say that the only reason why they had that scene in there was to, it's, it, it's a Chekhov's gun principle where they had to show it earlier in the movie to justify the use of it later when they make them dance on that catwalk mm-hmm. uh when they uh when they're uh ambushing the mario brothers uh because that's the only purpose i can see for them having that them do that in the elevator scene but and the whole the sir the the whole sir there dan- the goombas are dancing again was kind of just to because there was such a space between when they first showed it and the end of the movie is, I think it was kind of their way of being like, Hey, just a reminder, this is a thing. Right. <laughs> but they did a couple of things like at the end of the movie, um, Koopa was like, where's my pizza, which he had ordered at the beginning of the movie. Oh, so yeah. there were a couple of small, that was the weird thing is that they chose weird things to call back to and to focus on like that throughout the film. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like there was stuff that was because there was stuff that was cut out that was going to be, have a bigger payoff or something like that. But there were several times where they did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and another little working uh, my trivia section into the spoilery bits because I didn't want to talk about it before spoiler bits. Who stayed on to watch the post credit scene? I did. It's a post credit scene. There is a post credit wow. scene. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. <laughs> At the very end, you have Iggy and Spike being talked to by Shigeru Miyamoto and another uh, Asian guy. And they're talking about, we have this great idea to, to, to make a video game based off of your adventures. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then it's uh, now it's uh, this is what really happened in Mario. <laughs> exactly. Like it's- it's 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 trying to justify the movie by saying, well, actually, we happened first. <laughs> You're not gonna lie. I kind of wonder what, if there was conversation about making a game based off this movie. Oh, you mean like Street Fighter the movie, the game? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Which is a thing that exists, people. That is. I, I kind of want to track it down the next episode. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I feel like we're running out of things to talk about within the yeah. film it's because this movie was so vapid that i mean there it's all fluff. The, there's no there's no plot in this movie right yeah there's no plot and that's my biggest issue i have with this movie is that they basically had the thinnest the thinnest reasons to okay we're gonna bring these people into the it's not even the mushroom kingdom it's just dinotopia or whatever right i know and whatever <laughs> it, it, i mean ultimately does it matter yeah i mean no 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 it doesn't I, I, it, they have the thinnest reason to bring him in there and when they get there they don't do anything other than watching mario try to bury his face in the chest of a large black lady in a club <laughs> like Pretty that much. that that scene of him dancing with with that with that lady in the club is the only thing that really sticks out in my head everything else is just that scene, by be- the way, I was I just because I've, I've heard people talk about before. That was the scene when the uh, the actual financial backers discovered this was not going to be a good thing. They showed up on scene when they were doing that, and they they saw strippers on set. Like they hired real strippers for that scene, and they're going to have other things like that. And they're like, "What are you doing?" And they're like, "Well, this is the movie we're doing. Like, this is a kids movie. Like, this is meant for like this like." a kid's property and like the directors had no idea they just took elements and were making things happen and so they actually had to strip some of those things ironically strip some of those things out uh including the strippers to make this have a pg-13 rating and i I will tell you the the, and get but that scene specifically is demonstrative of how backwards the writing was on this movie Mm -hmm. i was more interested in the story about that lady that mario was dancing with like mm-hmm. I wanted to know about her. She was more interesting to me than anybody else in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Her, that character with her five lines she had in this movie, I, I, I connected with her more deeply than anybody else in this movie. I can give you that. Jonathan, you got any last uh, spoiler filled uh, thoughts before we move on? Not really. This movie was such a hard movie for me to sit and watch. I'd start watching and 
Oh, look, there's a leaf falling outside. That's more entertaining. (laughs) John, how about you, bud? This is, I was bored. I mean, to be perfectly honest, like I I have never been so bored watching explosions and car chases. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Because you keep, no matter what kind of special effects you put in there or how much money you dump into a movie, if, if you don't have the script to make you care about the reasons why the explosions and special effects are on the screen, it doesn't matter. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. I I, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to grade this. I mean, I really am, but go ahead. You too. Branson, you got any last things before we, we grade it? Not really. Not really. I, everything that stuck out in my head, I think I've talked about a couple of times already. So yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into this. Hey, John, since you did such an amazing job last time with that smooth, uh, sexy description of our <laughs> rating system, you want to describe it again for folks? Here on the bottom shelf, <laughs> <laughs> we exist in a world where there are four classifications. First, we have the top shelf. This is the premier grading where this movie is the epitome of movie making. We recommend it to everybody and they should watch it on a regular basis. Then on the middle shelf, these are the movies that are disputable as to their content, but we find them mildly enjoyable for the correct parties. They could possibly be quite entertaining, although some people might not quite understand the direction or there may be some cinematic flaws, but we still enjoy them. Then there is the namesake of this podcast, the bottom shelf. These are the movies that are in fact bad, but may have merit to somebody, probably not us. (laughs) And we probably don't want to watch them ever again. But if on occasion there are movies that are so bad, so intensely heinous that they must be scrubbed from existence. Those are reserved for the dumpster fire. And to our knowledge, no movie has ever gone there. It's because they don't exist once they go there. Yeah, I decided to go with my movie guy voice instead. I like of my, it. I like it. Instead of my FM radio voice. All right. Well, guys, you guys have our rating system. Let's jump into it. Jonathan, since you're new, you're the guest of the, of the month uh, and you fixed our taco machine. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? by the way <sighs> this movie what can i say about it except we don't have a rating for it because it's below dumpster fire oh wow this <laughs> movie doesn't just burn it's just bad first time <laughs> on the show and he's already dumpster firing wow did you sir <laughs> john how about you man in a world where, no, um, <laughs> sorry, I, once you pull the voice actor out of me, it's hard to put it away. Um, no, I, I mean, I didn't hate this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't offended at this movie's existence. Like I was with avatar <laughs> or, uh, mortal Kombat annihilation. Yeah. Um, like, MK Annihilation, I was offended at its very existence. Like, yeah, it, it, it made me want to hurt myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, this movie, it so like that, that's that's kind of been my basis for dumpster firing movies. So it, it didn't quite achieve that level. But even though I bought it for like $3.99 from Amazon, which I was fine with because I was going to, I was planning on renting it anyway, which it would have been the same price. Right. Yeah. Um, even though, it, so I own it, but unless I have to, I don't see myself ever watching it again. Um, it's, it's going on that bottom shelf. Fair. It's, it's a low bottom shelf. Like I was, if, 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 if it makes sense, I was actively bored. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I get that. Uh, I get that. Ransom. Um, the things I enjoyed about this movie aren't what you normally enjoy about a movie. I actually enjoyed it for the exercise and world building. Like Hmm. if I were going to write, like, I think it would be fun to write a story that takes place in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, I I liked the, the environment and the world that it created. Like I said, I liked the concept of a metropolis in a cave underneath a city. I like the, I like the concept of a city being populated by, highly evolved dinosaurs, you know, 
dinosaurs living like they're humans. I think that's an interesting storytelling arc. Um, you know, the weird cyberpunk technology thing. I, it's a fun sandbox to play in. Right. Uh, but for the sake of the movie itself, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't dumpster fire it because I did find things to enjoy about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I would not middle shelf it. If, if I were flipping through channels and this were on, I wouldn't stop to watch it. So I'm going to go with bottom shelf. Fair, fair. So for me, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good movie. Um, at all. Um, it's just the way you say that, dude. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it's just, it's just <laughs> not. And, and we can't lie about that. And I can totally see why Jonathan's like, man, throw some propane on that and let it go. Um, that, but I did laugh at it. Like I, I actively laughed at certain scenes. I have some nostalgic memories as a child going to the theater, watching it with my dad and my sister. Uh, so there's a little bit of that in mixed in there, but I can understand like, this is not a good movie, but I, I can see putting it on. I, and I have over the years I have, cause I own the DVD. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of mad that I spent $6 on the DVD and you guys are over here spending three, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember, um, I've put it on in the background at times and, uh, I, I pulled it out as a conversation piece. Once we were talking about, uh, about movies that, went wrong not movies went wrong but um video game movies that have gone wrong like there were elements there but they just didn't do right and um i'm gonna put this on a on a bottom shelf a little bit higher than than, um like it's not it's not going to be middle shelf but it's a it's a high bottom shelf in my opinion all right so there you have it everybody the official word on this is a disputed bottom shelf so that is what we are stamping it with. Two observations I want to make before we jump over to the weak connections. Uh, one, for the time frame that this was made, this really should have they really should have shot for an animated movie and had the characters that had Mario voiced by Captain Lou Albano because he was still alive at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those of you who are too young to understand what I'm referencing, in the 80s there was a live action TV show for the Super Mario Brothers where yeah. Mario was uh, played by Captain Lou Albano, who was a former WWF, or you might know it as WWE, uh, wrestler. You know what, though, John? That fact you say that, this would have been a great Ralph uh, uh, Bakshi animated film. That, that would have been the perfect animation style for this kind of movie if they animated it. That would have mm-hmm. fit, yeah. The other thing that I, that I had in... Uh, uh, epiphany about when uh branson was talking about playing in the sandbox uh, for narrative writing uh for people out there who have playstations this move this movie i feel would couple very well with a with a uh game that came out exclusively for playstation recently uh called stray i wanted to play that i heard that was good um it it's it's okay i have it on my ps5 uh it's on the ps4 as well i believe Um, but it's about a stray cat in a post-apocalyptic world living underground with robots. And it has a very similar feel, albeit a better story than this, than this movie. So I'm sorry, a a stray kitten living with robots is a better story than this movie. I think that's, uh, it's actually, it's actually the story of stray actually goes pretty deep. Uh, so I, I would, I would recommend it. Um, yeah. So anyway, let's head on over. Let's head on over to the weak connection. Sorry for that little addendum, but it was a thought that I wanted to get out. This is a weak connection. You have entered the weak connection section. It is at this point where we wholesale rip off our friends over at strangers and aliens, specifically Ben, Ben Avery, uh, by which we find spiritual connections to the media that we consume regardless of how valid those connections actually are this week's first connection is brought to you by pastor dallas mora all right so uh what can we say about this film um everything and nothing at the same time no um so my week connection is actually talking about uh spike and uh iggy uh obviously um to put it plainly they were idiots 
And what was interesting is even after they had been evolved and gotten knowledge, uh, became smarter, they were still idiots. Yeah, they were just smart uh, idiots. They were smart idiots. And this is the, the whole thing about like, there's a difference between having knowledge and having wisdom and uh and having having both and um throughout the scripture if you read throughout the book of proverbs this is kind of just a broader type of thing rather than one verse you you have this conversation take place about talking about um seeking wisdom it it's more than just ha- knowing what's right ru- knowing things it's more than just having information which iggy and spike had they had that impeccable vocabulary and all these things but they didn't have wisdom and wisdom is an entirely different thing my encouragement for you guys is seek wisdom throughout your life it's it's good to have intelligence it's good to to study and to learn all these other things um you know i know that um i have great friends who are far more academic than i could ever be and they have all these great thoughts up here but the application the living these things out the wisdom to go this is how i operate this is how i do things this is how i i show love to people how i care for people that's entirely different in my opinion more valuable than having a you know the entire encyclopedia downloaded into your brain, um, and so that's my my encouragement for us is is seek wisdom wherever you're at the situations you're living in, because they will that will be more practical and more helpful in every life situation. And in my opinion, people who operate in true wisdom are the more effective at changing situations, at helping people, at making a difference in the world. So that's my weak connection. Branson, do you have a weak connection? I do, actually. My man. Um, going to the scene where they're all having dinner, uh, Mario, Luigi, Daisy, and Mario's girlfriend. I can't remember her name now. Uh, anyhow, they're all having dinner, and they find out that... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. They Hopefully they weren't that, having that for dinner. No. <laughs> uh, they find out that Daisy... Uh, was raised in an orphanage and she connects with Luigi because Luigi was raised by Mario. And that reminded me of the verse in Psalm 68 verse five. It says father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Uh, The idea that God looks out for those who, who can't, who don't have a family, like God is a, is a family to those who aren't a family and he provides for those who don't have a family. And it's really interesting because you see the way Mario and Luigi interact with each other throughout the movie. Like you, you see that brotherly <clears throat> relationship that they have. And even Mario as a, as a big brother to Luigi. Uh, and then you find out that that's not even a blood relation that Mario raised Luigi. Mm. That familial connection is, is not something that's blood. It's something of choice. He chose to raise Luigi. And that's especially special. Like when you see, Mario encouraging Luigi to talk to Daisy at the payphone when uh, they're first there, when uh, they're trying to take care of each other, running around uh, Koopa's city, the way they bicker and argue with each other, like their brothers, they act just like they're related, mm-hmm. but they're not. It, it was, it was a, it was something that in essence, God provided for Luigi. And, and I think that's a, a good reminder to us is that, God fills that void. Mm. God fills that hole. Whatever we find ourselves lacking, whatever we find ourselves without, we can seek the Lord and we can seek him to fill that void that we have in our hearts. It, it happened in the movie with Luigi when Mario found him and took care of him. And then Daisy, when she found her actual family. Now, she was a weird, highly evolved dinosaur and her dad was a fungus and all that. But nevertheless, she had family. Um, True. And, and so that that struck me that God will provide. God will fill that void whenever you have a, a hole in your heart. Yeah. That's that was my weak connection. How I can adjust to that. Oh, I, I, if I can jump on that a little bit, I want to test that. Like I know for me, my personal story, like that was where I was at, where I I felt like I had nothing, and my family was in turmoil, and it was in finding God that He filled that first off spiritually, but also being in community and, and in a Christian community. I found what I needed. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have certain things. And being in a in a in a biblical community, I found those things that affirmed who I was appropriately and helped me along those things. And I, I think that's a key for a lot of us. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of people they find themselves in isolation. And um, but we need we need community, and we need God appropriately God driven 
community. All right, let's try this again. How about you, Jonathan? <laughs> well, you had that scene towards the end of the movie where Mario and Luigi are in the basement of the Koopa Tower, mm-hmm. and they're trying to shut down all the heating valves, and Mario says that you should treat your tools like they're a friend. Well, that got me thinking about it. What is the biggest tool we have as Christians? The Bible, Scripture. Word. And it reminded me of a verse from 2 Timothy, verses chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may, he, may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is our tool for everything we do in life, and we should treat it like we do a friend, take care of it, be with it, spend time with it, take our problems to it, Hurt. all that like it's our best friend. Love it. Amen. All right. I do. I we're, We have we have a four for four on the uh, week connections this week, this week, because uh, I got one, too. Let's go. Uh, Throughout the movie, uh, uh, Luigi just had this uh, mantra he kept saying, you just got to believe, you just got to mm. believe, you just got to have faith, you just got to, you know, and that, that was kind of his whole, uh, his whole uh, ideology that his, that his character was based on, yeah. uh, which, which took me to uh, Matthew 17. Uh, the verse specifically I'm looking at is verse 20, but it's, it's a part of a larger section when uh, Jesus is healing a boy with an, with an epileptic demon and mm. the disciples couldn't cast out this demon. They, and uh, we'll pick it up at verse 19 uh, after Jesus had uh, cast it out. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Um, and in verse 20, uh, he says to him, or he says to them, because you're, because of your little faith for truly, I say to you, if you have faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Um, and that's kind of how faith is, is it, it, you know, things may not happen the way you want them to, or the way you intended. Mm. Uh, but faith has the power to move mountains. Uh, and this is made evident in uh, the scene where there's a large pit that there that uh, Luigi says, we just got to believe. And he jumps over it and he's hovering over this pit and he goes, see, I told you, you had to have, you just have to have faith. Uh, now, granted, he wasn't flying and his belt was caught on a <laughs> actual hook. <laughs> and the reason why Luigi couldn't feel his belt tighten to know that he's being suspended by something hanging onto him. I'll never understand because <laughs> when I get an atomic wedgie, I know what's going on. <laughs> However, his faith, his faith made him well in that situation and God, God used that faith. And although he wasn't actually flying, like he was, he had hoped to, his faith was still made use of. And with Mario, he didn't have faith and he fell down. And now fortunately the mushroom King was able to create a trampoline, I guess and bounce him up and he was able to utilize Luigi's faith to save him in that situation. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a great example of, uh, you know, uh, being able to make practical application of a faith that you have. Word. Good stuff, man. I like it. Sounds good. All right. Well guys, we want to hear from you. What are your weak connections? If you enjoyed it and what are you guys thoughts on the movie? Did you like, uh, Mario brothers? Do you not like Mario brothers? Uh, are you angry at us for putting it on the bottom shelf? Um, if you have hate mail, send it to Branson. If uh, you have praises, send it to John. And if you have money, send it to Jonathan. And so, that being said, Jonathan, uh, anything you want to promote in a way people can get a hold of you? Uh, honestly, unlike you guys, I don't have any podcast or anything like that. So, no, I have nothing. But you just spot a new mic. So, the the the, the appropriate answer is... You don't have any podcasts yet. I'm, I'm telling you, Jonathan, this is how it starts. The first thing welcome, they did to me was the well, microphone. Welcome to your new addiction. <laughs> and let me just say, Jonathan, it's his first time on the show. It's a guest. And he had the 
the I'm trying to think of an appropriate word to say. Gumption. He had he had the gumption to put a movie in the dumpster fire. My man. You know, it, it took me several episodes before I got comfortable enough where I could put a movie in the dumpster fire. He did it out the gate. So I didn't <laughs> you, sir. That 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 is very good. Gumption, I would have said cojones myself. That that's... See, I thought that, but that's Spanish for you, you know. I don't know. I might be taken out and post edit. If not, he did good. The intestinal fortitude. That's yes, it. that's what we'll go with. He has the intestinal fortitude to dump the movie on the first show. Branson, what do you have the intestinal fortitude to tell us how people can get a hold of you or and promote anything you got going on? Oh, uh, let's see. I have a quarter of Geek Devotions column talk called These Views and Reviews. If you have a faith-based family friendly comic you want me to review. You can send it to branson.boykin at gmail.com. I also have a audio drama called Gospel by Gaslight. Uh, it's a steampunk drama, faith-based steampunk drama. You can listen to the episodes on all of your major podcast catchers. Just search for Gospel by Gaslight. Uh, my latest episode is not out yet because I was trying not to die. So I was a little <laughs> late getting it edited. But it should be at, by the time this airs, it should be out. So just go check that out. Fair, yeah. John, <sighs> the big question is where can't I be seen? Um, I will say check if you're interested in anything I do. Please check out my link tree in the de- podcast description because I have several projects. Uh, but I will only waste your time by telling you about a couple. Uh, please check out my D and D actual play podcasts. Uh, playing games with strangers uh if you like D, if you like storytelling that's an excellent place for you to go and we pretty much try to keep that as family friendly as possible uh and then also uh i would also recommend checking out gospel by gaslight that's one of my favorite projects i'm a part of i like being able to let my evil off the chain a bit in that so um I, yeah I, go check that out john as the creepy bad guy is the stuff of nightmares seriously i i I don't even have to uh edit his voice a whole lot i just let him do his thing and it it, it, dallas where can people find you yeah you can find me at uh geekdevotions.com we find on uh, this podcast other ones are we do such as the gundam watch uh we read allegedly com talk and then uh every friday on youtube we post up a devotional based out of geek culture all of our content is created and designed to let people know that they're loved, they're cared for, and there's a plan and a purpose for their lives. And if you want to have more information about The Bottom Shelf, you want to connect with us, check out The Bottom Shelf Podcast on Facebook and on the Instagrams. I think that's it. Please like, rate, and subscribe this podcast episode on whatever platform you are listening to. That helps us out a bunch, too. Word. Word. All right. Until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.